are you doing? I'll tell you what you're doing. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls. Lorcas! Either you are, or I'll be skipping rope with your entries. Ta-ta. This podcast is brought to you by our patrons at patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. Robots Radio. Games. Lore. Stories. Community. Just press play. Welcome to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, the podcast where we explore the amazing universe of the Elder Scrolls. Hey, Lotus, before we get into the intro, I just wanted to thank our chat because we just spent like almost 20 minutes uh, talking about some serious issues with the whole uh, Harry Potter game coming out and people, different people's opinions on this. And we had what is probably the most nuanced discussion with our chat on the internet. This is very rare. Nuanced discussion about morality and what you should or could or can or can't or whatever, whatever you could do in order to try and make the world a better place by supporting creators that you might agree with or you might not agree with. It was a wonderful conversation. So first of all, thank you to our chat for being here and for having such a level headed conversation. This is why our community is awesome, Lotus. Yeah, I was going to say it's where actually this wasn't even so much a difference of opinion it was just a difference of how you're going about right um, right it was a nuanced discussion to say nobody's really in our group of of the opinion on the opposing side of the fence but like just the to your point like the the ways things are dealt with in life and stuff like that Mm -hmm. um it's 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 always you know i always try to like listen even if i don't agree with people on their approaches to stuff like that so that it's like, well, okay, you can't really come to an understanding when you refuse to listen to the person talking to you. Yes. Um, Yes. So I always appreciate when people can take a second uh, and articulate what they're trying to say. And maybe you can show me something that I had not prior thought of. Right. Listening. Always. Yeah. Having conversation, not yelling at each other. Our community is awesome. So our community adventurers, welcome back to the show. This is the Elder Scrolls Lorecast. I'm Tom. This is Lotus. Uh, We are talking today about we're heading south. We're we're finally leaving Morrowind, Lotus. We're heading to Black Marsh. We sure are. Which is not a very, I mean, it's kind of a dangerous trip, let's be honest. Yeah, um, very much not the season that I'm in personally up north, uh, because <laughs> it is it is swampy and, yeah, um, hot and uh, full, full of Argonians. Full also of, not like New England. <laughs> full of lizard people. Uh, yes. Black Marsh happens to have a lot in common with uh, Florida. Because we are swampy and hot and full of yeah, lizard so people. You so you are actually I'm down a lizard. In Black Marsh. I'm, yeah, I'm, I'm not a lizard person, I don't think. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Argonians yeah. have some pretty cool traits. I do like I do like rolling an Argonian, and I've got a few mm-hmm. of them on NESO. Um, How much do you like his sap? No. <laughs> oh, boy. All right. <laughs> well, here, let's get, <laughs> let's get into the details because just like on the last episode, this isn't about the culture and the politics and the people so much as it is about the land and what's what's where and what things you can expect if you're traveling through black marsh so if we're heading south into black marsh then first things first 
there, it's called Black Marsh for a reason. This, I mean, for both yeah. words, both words. Not only is it a marsh, it's a swamp. It's a, it's a dangerous place where there's lots and lots of, of grass and and bogs and trees and all sorts of nature and bugs and all those kinds of things. Things Some you would, real interesting creatures we'll get into in a little bit. <laughs> yeah, the things that you would associate with a marsh. But it's Black Marsh, and this is one of those names that uh, the place itself does not call the people who live there. The Argonians don't call it Black Marsh. That's that would right. be a silly name to name the place that you live. This is a imperial name. This comes from the people who don't live there. And we're going to have a lot of that in this episode. Yes. Of the perspective colonization feel to all of this. Yeah. Yeah. The, yeah. And, and it's feels- secondhand accounts, Ugh. which are an odd, which again, a strength of the series where things are told from the perspective of other characters in the the world. But this is like some awkward secondhand accounts of like, oh, well, I saw them doing this. So this must mean this. And it's like, oh, okay. So we didn't get the direct version from Argonians, for Mm -hmm. example. Mm -hmm. Uh, We got like an imperial take on what they think Argonians are doing in this situation. So it's this weird nebulous thing, which Elder Scrolls Online has helped to kind of clarify a bit by letting us go there as our access to Black Marsh in general has been very limited in the mainline numbered series. Yeah, we uh, really haven't had much of a chance really to explore limited. much like of it at all. Like to the OG game. Yeah, yeah, uh, to Arena, but that's about it. Um, and, and it's one of those things where if if you understand the way that colonization worked in the real world and how terrible it was for some cultures to dominate other cultures and enslave them, that's a lot of yeah. what, what has gone on in the history of, of Black Marsh and the Argonians. And there yeah. is this inherent kind of uh, misunderstanding and insulting nature to it like just to call somebody else's home black marsh is kind of an insult the people who live here have their own name for it but we can't really say it because our language is closer to what the imperials would speak than what the argonians would speak they've the the one phrase that they've used is kronka thatith which means something like the everything egg Mm-hmm. Which makes sense. It's like the place that their birthplace for everything that they love, every everything yes. that they have. Um, and that's about as close as we're get to the true name of the region without ever really getting there because we don't speak that language. And nobody else in Elder Scrolls speaks that language except for the specific tribes that live in the area. So it's it's like discussing this and doing it in a, uh, I don't know, a kind, open I don't know, open minded kind of way is a little bit tough because there's just there's just this this natural distance in the way that all of this stuff is written. Yes. Um, The other thing, which is a little more to the culture side, but I think it ties into kind of what you're saying here is Argonians tend to not really care much about permanence. Mm-hmm. Um, so a lot of their stuff, they kind of let just fall to the wayside. So their record keeping and, um, stuff like that, their traditions seem to be much more of a tribal type of you pass it on to other members, as opposed to you document it like, you know, Imperials, like the Imperial library, for example, right. it's a documentation of all these things, that type of thing 
is not really super aligned with Argonian customs. So that region, because it's so inhospitable in general, tends to also wash away a lot of their own history over time. It's yeah. really the Zanmirs that kind of stick around because they're just so huge. But like so much of their stuff can be just lost in the swamp, so to speak, which is also really hard to keep track of record keeping and anything like that. Yeah. Yeah. The swamp itself also just has this feeling like it's constantly overgrowing the like even the pathways in and out of the area. They talk about like trade doesn't happen very easily because every time the Imperials would try to carve a path for like a road, in a very short period of time, it would just be overgrown with grasses and and trees and all sorts of and other things flooding and, and flooding. Yep. And like the, the region itself is very inhospitable to the ways of the empire, but it's extremely hospitable for the Argonians because it's their natural habitat and the hist trees right. specifically yes. that live in that. Like the, the ground itself is muddy and boggy. It's It's got limestone at, at its base, but the hist trees like fit right into this. Mm -hmm. They dig into their roots deeply into this area and they've they've lived for an extremely long period of time, maybe over multiple kelpas. Yeah, they're a little creepy when you look into them. <laughs> yeah, a little, little creepy. But this zone creepy. is is very specific for for this type of um, these types of dwellers. Um, but here, let's talk about some of the geography. So there are multiple regions, including Gloomire. The Blackwood Bog. Now, all of these sound like Imperial names for things. Middle <laughs> Argonia. Imperial names. Yeah, Middle Argonia. The area itself is also known just as Argonia because that's where the Argonians were from. Yes, um, which is a game that we actually never uh, got from one of the spinoffs because they've had... Um, I wouldn't even say mixed reception. They've had bad reception for the most part of the, the spinoff series. And Eye of Argonia was supposed to be another kind of spin-off game that we actually never saw so I'd be curious to see you know if some of that has formed into what we see in ESO but yeah, yeah. the Argonia name is is something that's actually been around for a while now right right so we've got uh middle Argonia Merkmire Shadowfen that's a cool name shadow yeah Shadowfen I like Merkmire is yeah. not bad either but Shadowfen's cool Thornmarsh <laughs> that just sounds awful <laughs> <laughs> yeah and the Ulthiris Swamp that's okay. Uh, that sounds kind of imperial with the us at the end. It's kind of, kind of Latin, right? Uh. <laughs> then we have uh, there's a little island off the uh, Olis Bay called Norgzel. This is one of the names that does sound like it might have come from the Argonians language. Yes. The gel tongue or whatever it is. I never really quite know how you pronounce that. But yeah, a little more of their own naming conventions as opposed to you know the the colonized version of it being put on them right right and so this area is if you look on the map on the bigger view of altamriel it's on the south eastern side of the continent uh kind of like florida is of north america <laughs> and Turns there's you are in there <laughs> there's a long coastline so uh you, there are stories of travelers who tried to explore this area early on getting lost and all of that also the argonians are known to have uh fishing vessels and pirates pirating those kinds of things off the coast mm -hmm. so there's that kind of thing going on as well um but here let's go through let's go through the list of 
uh, notable places. These are all the the cities, and we're going to talk about some of the locations of where these are on the map and, and that kind of thing. There's um, this is just an alphabetical list. There's Alton Coromont, which is a freebooter settlement in eastern Shadowfen. So it's over on the eastern part. Yep. Archon, which is uh, a very cool name. There's a lot of cool names here. Yeah, no, some of the names... <laughs> It's also not that much continuity, those names, I find. in Black right. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Uh, so Archon is a settlement near the eastern coast of, of Black Marsh, kind of the, the, almost the far south side, not quite the, the, as south as you can go, but definitely on the eastern southern side of it. And notice that these are called settlements. They're not really yeah. cities. They're right. places that people live. <laughs> that's about yeah, it. and a lot of it's kind of mushed into the surroundings more than mm-hmm. they terraform the terrain like you'll see in a lot of things. And it's like, okay, we carved out this flat area and then we built a wall and then we made, you know, the houses here. And these are kind of just like built into the rock formations. Uh, they, yeah. The swamp area is like part of it. So you go around it and stuff like that. So it's, it's a little more connected into the geography rather than controlling the geography right right so we also get another sentiment like black rose which is in yep. Merkmire, uh near the Merkwood, which all of a sudden we're now in the lord of the rings but we're not we, we are um <laughs> which which is funny because when i played through arena and and went there uh it, it's funny that it's it's Merkwood, but it's spelt slightly different and i was right. like that is definitely just trying to dodge copyright infringement back in the day <laughs> they totally knew what they were doing yeah absolutely yeah and this area has an imperial built uh, black rose prison in it yes it's an arena in the elder scrolls online actually yep and then this is a good name bog mother which is a sacred Argonian ruin and former temple village in Shadowfen. Then there's Gideon, a settlement on the western border of Black Marsh. Hellstrom, another settlement located in the nigh-unexplored interior of Black Marsh. There are portions of this of this part of the world that other than the people who live there the tribes and there are multiple different tribes of argonians that live in different areas and aside from the the people who naturally live here the outside world barely ever even engages with it's kind of like see most of this stuff right it's kind of like the uh amazon like there are there's still like at least one tribe in the amazon that has still not been actually connected to modern society in any way and it's like that. why oftentimes we discover new things in the rainforest because it's just it's something that's nowhere else. This is almost like a, um, you know, we, we had mentioned that the Morrowind region had like a very alien feel to it. This also has a very alien feel to it just because so few cultures are able to ever get there in the series. So yeah. it's, it's like a, a real interesting situation. Right, right. And then we have Lilmoth, a major port city on the southern tip of Merkmire, right off of right off of the Olis Bay. This is the there's one little bay if you look at the map that kind of peeks into that part of the continent right there. Then there's Merkwood itself, the legendary dark forest that ever moves. <laughs> I don't know how much more Tol- Tolkienian you can get <clears throat> than yeah, that. Yeah. Um, deep in the swamps of Black Marsh, and then there's Nutanara. This doesn't sound like an imperial name. Uh, the village that existed in the second era. This there's reference to this in some of the old, the old, the old stuff. Yeah. And then there's the classics. And then there's Soul Rest, a settlement located in the southwestern corner of Black Marsh. I really like that 
place's name. Soul, Soul Rest, Rest just sounds cool. Like, yeah, it sounds again, like a cool place to go a lot chill. Of continuity with some of the other stuff, but <laughs> right, right, it sounds neat. Yeah, like come rest your soul at Soul Rest. It's like a vacation <laughs> resort. It's town. like a resort. <laughs> uh, and then there's Stormhold, which is a good name. Yep, a major city um, in northern Black Marsh. This is this is the one that's real close to the border of Morrowind and yes, Cyrodiil, it's like right at the top of Shadowfen. And actually, when I was giving just vague descriptions of the cities, uh, you can see this place in the Elder Scrolls Online. And actually, like some of the places, like the Mage's Guild, is actually kind of like built into one of the rock formations, mm-hmm. uh, as well as the the city itself. There's you can have you know in, in medieval times they would have moats well this place actually sort of has a moat like in the middle of it it's not it's not <laughs> it's like a, a strategically moat. to like block off they have rope bridges that actually have to go over it to get to other parts of the city right because it's, it's a swamp built, right because it's <laughs> yeah. a swamp so right it's built into the actual like the city is more constructed around it rather than it was constructed for its means. Right, right. Terraformed, I guess, not constructed. But Yeah, yeah. And you can walk around on all those little wood planks between yeah, stuff. Yeah, little wood planks yep. and just be above the crocodile pits, which are just living their lives down there. <laughs> yep. Yes, I'm like Florida still. Uh, we've got an alligator that lives in the lake, yeah. like just down the down the street just living his life it's just yeah it's a mom it's a mommy alligator she had babies oh. recently i had to like Same. fence off a section of the lake and be like don't go over here yeah don't go there or <laughs> don't go here will happen yeah don't walk your dogs here guys not a good yeah. idea um and then there's thorn which is in uh the, the settlement in thorn marsh near morrowind this is like the top northern eastern side yeah that place does not sound appealing thorn yeah i wonder thorn marsh just like thinking of going through like mucky swamps with the odd chance that you're just going to get a giant like thorn in your foot is a not a pleasant experience sounding yeah i have to wonder if the inhabitants were trying to keep the dunmer out and out. so they named it a thing that <laughs> would not be appealing just so people won't mess with it yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i mean it makes sense yeah, could be a thing. Well, that's those are the different locations. We're not going to go into any one of these specifically too much. Otherwise, I mean, we could do an entire episode about each like, of these. Sure, we're not going to name every cities. single city or anything like that. Right, right. Or, you know, the details of if you go down this street, you go over here. Yeah, um, you find this. Yeah. <laughs> but we will be back. That nitpicky. Yeah, we will be back after the midbreak because there are a bunch of different kinds of creatures, the fauna and the flora, and then some some weird weird plants that live here. So let's go thank our patrons and we'll be right back. American Giant makes great clothing, sweatshirts, jeans, and more right here in the U.S. Visit American-Giant.com and get 20% off your first order with code STAPLE20. That's 20% off your first order at American-Giant.com, code STAPLE20. This is Hamish Morak. Dragonborn, and you are educating yourself to the Elder Scrolls lore cast. All right, here we are in the middle of the show, and we get to thank our new patrons. We have, Lotus, we have so many new patrons every week. This is, you guys are the best, by the way. Thank you. Hi. (laughs) Hi, everybody. This is, uh, well, let's see, we're going to say, Welcome to Sonia M, Lars A, Joey T, Silas S, Gary K, Elizabeth N, and Don C. And then also MK44 Houdini upgraded from their their five a month to tier to a a year long subscription. 
which is wow. which you can do. You can actually save like 10%. If you if you know you're just going to subscribe for the year, just do that. Save 10%. Go for it. Uh, but welcome, everybody. Thank you for being here. And I hope you are enjoying your ad-free episodes. Uh, some of you will be able to join us at the end of the month. All of that kind of stuff. Um, the end of the month this month is earlier because it's a short month. So it's just two weeks away. And it's we always do this, the, the patron chats, on the last Thursday of the month. So that'll be on the 23rd, which feels really early. But there's only 28 days in the month anyway. So if you can join us in two weeks, please do. And if you want to join us, you still have time to sign up on patreon.com slash Elder Scrolls Lorecast. And I also have to shout out our our tier five Daedric Princes, Kiracy and Noodle Al Dente. Thank you for your support. You guys get shout outs every week. Um, we also would read out a new review, but we don't have a new one this week. So if you'd like to leave us a five-star rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, we'll read it out on a future episode of the show. You can also rate us on Spotify or whatever platform you listen to. Share us with your friends. If you're playing ESO with some buddies and you like what we've been talking about in one of the episodes, just mention us and see if they want to listen to it too. All of that is extremely helpful. So thank you to everybody for your support. And let's get back to the rest of the discussion about Black Marsh. Here we go. You're listening to the Elder Scrolls Lorecast, dear child of cities. That is why the Night Mother loves you. All right, we are here. We're back, and we're talking about the fauna. Uh, Lotus, <laughs> do you? Is there anything you want to point out? I kind of took the reins of this, but I feel like this is the second half of the show is usually where I'm just like, "Hey, Lotus, what do you want to talk about? What yeah, part of this do okay. you really like?" So there are a couple that I want to just specifically touch on. Yeah, uh, I don't we'll know that we can go through list. everything because no, there that, is a that's ton. why. It, I mean, in general, it's going to be kind of like picking and choosing. We'll go through a lot of like if we were to just read verbatim the. <laughs> the Wikipedia, the the unofficial Elder Scrolls page is like wiki page. It's just flora and fauna is a. That's like wow, <laughs> a, that is a lot of information. Yeah, uh, this is somebody's so, college thesis paper. Yeah, right so here. we're gonna condense this. But there are definitely a couple I wanted to just kick off to start with, and then we'll go through some as uh, you know some of the more notable ones, I guess. Yeah. Um, but one of the one of the things that I just very much enjoy are the swamp jellies. Yes. Um, yes. I felt these are worth worth um, mentioning. They're floating creatures. <laughs> With elastic gelatinous bodies that are very similar. And the reason I've already brought this up, they're very similar to Netches. Mm -hmm. um, we had mentioned in the last episode with Betty Netches and Bull Netches. Um, I think Netches are really a cool creature in this series. They're very unique. It's kind of just like these weird floating air jellyfish things. Um, and the Swamp Jellies are kind of just like a different version of that. Um, but I, I think they're neat. I, I just enjoy these creatures. And they, they've they kind of fleshed out all the different... There's so many variations of them in Elder Scrolls Online. Um, yeah. But yeah, I, I definitely felt those are worth noting. And the other one, which we actually had never seen, but had heard about in books. Um, I believe A Dance in Fire has it mentioned. Uh, there's a few books that make reference to these things called voraplasms. Yes. Okay. So this man, these are the two that I wanted to point out. Because <laughs> I, I love the jellies. Like they're, they're kind of cute. And they've got these yes. little tendrils that kind of hang down. Voraplasms are not cute. And um, No, they're cute too. I mean, they're just little slime I mean, dudes. I, I guess it's cute until it's peeling your skin off well okay but you can have it as a pet in eso like when you can when the black marsh expansion came out 
Like you can yes. get it. You get a little guy, a little buddy that like kind of plopped around with you. Like he just kind of. Yes. Yes. Yeah. You could get the little Voroplasm buddy. Yeah. Uh, he was actually, a, you could make him out of pet fragments, um, mm-hmm. which ironically, I remember being like a thing um, with uh my friend which a lot of people know from uh the old uesp podcast but he's been on tales of tamriel with us a couple times uh pylon he now works at alienware um he this was back right before covid hit um and it was just like starting and we got this little swamp jelly he's like i'm gonna name him covid because that's funny and then it turned into an actual like real pandemic and he's like i'm unnaming him covid because that's dark <laughs> he's like that yeah. was not what i meant he's like i thought this was going to be much more manageable and it's not and i always think of this little guy now with that name because he's he's this horrible little creature even <laughs> though he doesn't look super intimidating it's just like a little slime they're, it they're looks like, like a little slime a little, little green flubber yeah a little green flubber <laughs> yes yeah um, but in the books, and they had kind of uh, never gone into it until Elder Scrolls Online, but these like gelatinous things will float around in the water. Um, you see them on land parts too. But specifically, there's a, we'll get into what a Wamasu is in a minute, actually. We can use this as a tie in. But one was actually in the water and in, I believe it's a dance, uh, Dance and Fire is the book I'm thinking of, where they basically are trying to traverse through the area. And they see, oh, oh, no, like there's a Wamasu coming at us. And then they realize, oh, it it's dead and all of its skin falls off. And this gelatinous goo just comes over and consumes it. And yeah. that is basically a voroplasm. Yeah. Um, and a Wamasu yeah. is like a, it's almost like a big dinosaur looking. Yes. Guy. That, that's why I figured we could segue into those things, because those are pretty unique. They really are kind of it's like a dinosaur alligator type of deal yeah they're they're less i mean they're more dinosaur and less alligator they like they've got the they've got kind of the broad legs that are thicker than something like an alligator a longer neck what kind of looks almost like a dragon like face and then uh horns and spikes that run down the back of its body so uh if you take if you take a an alligator and like morph it into more of a dragon Kind of like that. Okay. All right. At least that's that's my take on it. Yeah, I I I think that's yeah that that seems that seems accurate. That seems accurate. I, yeah. I think that's a pretty good description of what you're getting. Right. And we also have other creatures as well that are way more common. I mean, a lot of the creatures that we aren't going to bring up, we'll just kind of mention here, are things like alligators and crocodiles and snakes and lizards and toads and and those kinds of things. But then you have the more extreme ones, things like the wamasu or the bog dog, which kind of looks like a lizard dog beast you know what this reminds me of do you remember the original ghostbusters movie do you remember yes. do you remember the gargoyle yes. cre- dog creatures yes, the gargoyle th- yes i know what you're talking about this looks yes. like the gargoyle dogs from from ghostbusters but it, like living in a swamp with a bunch of like you know green goo on on its back and top of its head yes also uh slight correction i think it's the argonian account is what i'm thinking of for the name of the book okay yeah yeah, j- yeah. just just for in case anybody's yeah. I, i'm both they're both good i'm real bad at remembering it. names of things so. I, I am too and I'll i'm doing that one on sort of totally off memory but uh, either way a dance of fire and the argonian account they're both a series of books from the series check mm-hmm. them out they're very good both of them yeah yeah and rob points out the uh the wamasu are also electric yes they have uh lightning yes. powers Yes. Um, so even more dragony because of that, I guess you could say. Yes. 
Um, yeah. But then, let's see. I'm trying to think. What what else? Was <laughs> what about what about the lizard bears or the bear the, the bear lizard? The bear lizard. So it's kind of funny. These ones, there's these weird lizard versions of what <laughs> seems like a lot of creatures, which have kind right. of been introduced via ESO. Um, yeah, because because okay. So let's let's get to the. This is the meta reason. The meta yes. reason is they put out boxes that you can unlock Correct. things and they have to have like a version of a horse and a version of a guar and a version Correct. of a, a camel and a wolf and whatever right and right. when the argonian stuff came out they're like let's just do if each of these things was a lizard instead but still shaped like the version. thing right. that it's like so i guess that's now part of the lore Correct. So then as a side effect to this, which I get, I get that's like weird, but like look at it from, you know, the outside perspective of how this is actually crafted. Yes, there's that. And then you kind of, it kind of gets put into, well, okay, there are now lizard style versions of these creatures, um, mm-hmm. which is, which is fine because then they have their own unique versions of stuff um, to the region and stuff like that. Um and and there's like it's a decent amount of them. There's guar versions and horse versions, like you said, and right. bear versions. And right. um, but we also get like uh, other weird variations on uh, lizards and reptiles that you would, or, or even uh, amphibians like uh, dragon frogs. Yes, dragon, dragon frogs. frogs kind of neat. The uh, Aoji toad. Yes, and um, so I, I love the dragon frogs. By the way. They're like these dragon frogs are very neat. I like how they burp fire. Um, <laughs> yeah. So they have the face of like almost like a um, uh, what's that? What's the it's it's less of a toad and more of a a lizard, almost like a, a chameleon shaped face. Oh, yes. Yeah. Yeah. The longer, longer snout, kind of a longer of snout, like chameleon esque. Yeah. But then they sit like their bodies like a toad. But then they've got wings on the back like a dragon. Yeah. And they burp flames or whatever yeah they burp flames yeah Um, (laughs) so there's that and you can have them as pets yes um obviously there's a ton of random fish and stuff like that swamp eels bog Mm -hmm. eels slaughter fish all that stuff some things that glow like the glowing frogs yes um and then actually i was looking at this so this is going to go a little off script but luckily i also (laughs) looked up a reference point to it so that it's not me just making things up and people have to take my word on it because the Uh idea of this is to try to give people lots of interesting information this is some Something uh, that's in the series, but actually was not focused in much on Elder Scrolls Online. Um, and actually, that's just getting brought up in chat. So I think people that are well versed in this know where I'm going with this. They would be called root worms, uh-huh. um, which is not something that you actually see in Elder Scrolls Online. And basically, what these things are, again, if you're interested in uh, some type of reference point to this, you can check out the Argonian accounts. Um, where they're used as a form of travel. There are these giant worm networks with a very slow digestive property. Um, So you can kind of go through their gelatinous skin by pushing down into the muck. And they like, they weave in and in and out of all of the swamps. So they kind of directed them to a lot of the major cities mm-hmm. and think of it like a subway system. <laughs> it's a worm subway system. So you squish into the worm and it basically pushes you to your destination while very slowly digesting you. So the 
thing is you don't die by the time you get to your location and that's where you basically push out of the mud oh, and the worm and you're at your destination you just lose a few layers of skin along the way yes i will say and just because people did know where i was going with this in in chat um Spawn and transport MK. (laughs) (laughs) So this was one of the few times where I thought ESO did something one way, which I understand that to fast travel in the Elder Scrolls Online, you have the waypoint system. Mm -hmm. I wish when dealing with Black Marsh, the region, Uh instead, we had instead of way shrines, you had like a little I don't know, bubbling pile of muck. Like a hole the in the ground, like a really wet, gross hole and, in the ground. And yeah. your character could just like <laughs> sink down into it. And <laughs> you it just would... stand on it and go down yeah, with your feet. Just like, <laughs> just like down. That would be the sound it would make, obviously. <laughs> and then it's the same fundamental idea of fast traveling in a video game. Right. But I thought it would be cool had they done that and brought those in. Because to be fair, we haven't really heard much about rootworms again mm-hmm. since it was brought up in this book uh but yeah they're they're pretty gross but it's it's a very unique thing to this region so i felt uh it, it should probably be mentioned as well oh so good so good yeah i bet it was one of those things that were like they probably crossed their like their drawing board when they're coming right, up with stuff like, but they were like the amount of way shrine specific network for right how does it connect to the other way shrines outside of the zone or do we have to do a whole new animation and all that other stuff is it really going to be worth it yeah yeah i bet it's one of those things but Oh my God! If we ever get like a mainline Black Marsh, yes, Elder Scrolls root game, worm travel. Apparently, oh. T Rex is not okay with rootworm travel. Oh, that sounds <laughs> so delicious! All right, yeah, that's the word. But yeah, so that—that's yeah. I figured a good one to I, I don't know maybe close off on the fauna section just because sure. that one's definitely weird. Yeah. So speaking of delicious, there are fauna. If you're into eating plants, um, there's nice. there's a variety of all, all the kinds of things that you would expect. Grasses and trees and and things that live in swamps, right? Um, yeah. But there's also some some weird ones like uh, the dragon's tongue. Dragon's yep. tongue. Like uh, some of them have really cool names. Dragon tongues are, are flowers yep. that, that grow like here and, and in Cyrodiil. Um, the somnalius fern is another one. Which is just mm-hmm. a, a little fern that grows on the ground, but has yep. a cool name. Uh, there's a bunch of mangrove trees. If you guys don't know what mangrove, this is something that again is another reason why Black Black Marsh is very similar to Florida. Mango trees are awesome because they are the kinds of trees that grow in swampy areas, but the root system breaks off from the like the main body of the tree and spreads out and then goes down. And because the water level is constantly changing, usually you can see sections of the roots that are like going down into the ground and holding the tree up. Whereas most trees, you don't really see the roots or you see the roots like along the top of the ground and then they just they disappear. Yeah. These trees also, look like they're standing on legs. Also, Rob's saving us the trouble. Of, flora. I, didn't catch I said fl- Flora. You you're said right. Fauna again. Yeah. <laughs> what we meant with Flora. Yeah. <laughs> you're right. Flora. Sorry. We appreciate that. Just for they both for, start with F. But yeah. Um, yeah. So so there's that one. <laughs> there's different types of vines, which of course you're going to see in a swampy area. Uh, yep. There's one called the flint vine, which it kind of creeps along and grows along everything. Um, we've got like a weird vine thing that grows in our backyard on like this like wooden frame this like the little okay. arch that you can go under but every like two or three months i have to go trim the edges of it so it doesn't grow yep. into the house sure yeah i know what you Ugh. mean 
Um, <laughs> I was going to say, there's not a lot of info on the Well, bamboo, bamboo is a thing we have in real life, um, which I just think bamboo looks really neat. Uh, it's, it's a cool looking plant. But there's also something called sleeping palms, which are... Thrive, you know, they thrive around, uh, it looks like Lilmouth. Uh, so that's, that's kind of neat. Um, mm-hmm. it, it, I don't know. It's just one of those. I, and bamboo, there's name. bamboo there as well, which is a really yeah. cool, really cool kind of grass. Actually, it's kind of neat. They literally look like, uh, it's like, a, 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 a apparently it's like a, a version of a palm tree, like what it's referenced as. So I'll give you a, a real life comparison. Um, yeah, yeah. Um, there's also before, uh, while you're looking that up, yep. uh, night bloom, which night is, a, bloom is another, another one that sounds really cool. Another one of the cool names, another type of vine, but it's also uh, phosphorescent with like a blue glow, man, that would be cool to have grown on the outside of your house. Yes. Um, also that's, I was going to say, apparently there's a, a specific note that that's, I, I guess, very, um, precious to the Naga Kerr, which is, you know, a, a subset of argonians uh naga tend to be much larger um type of thing than just your standard argonian but very cool because we never really got to see too much of them as well prior to elder scrolls online uh but they're they're another type of argonian right and then we get some other types of trees that are fairly common to this area so for example uh cypress trees which you probably are familiar with the name that's another one of those like real world names that just kind of is in the game but then the bog willow which i think looks really cool this is one of those things you notice as you drive south uh in the united states as you get closer to florida is Mm -hmm. and and to like yeah subtropical areas is the trees start to look drippier that's that's the phrase i've always used honestly though that that's accurate yeah like you know drippier is kind of a good way of putting it yeah i I used to tour in a band and one of the things i would always notice driving back home at the end of a tour was at once you got into florida the trees started to look drippy and it's because you have trees kind of like the bog willow where the branches all hang there's just kind of uh, all the like uh, coniferous trees all the branches are very very hard <laughs> i guess you could say they, they they stick out and up yes right um but things like bog willows have big branches that just kind of hang down and he got kind of this like a canopy effect yeah like droopy yeah droop, uh, Dro- droop yeah droopy droopy drippy yeah drippy droopy whatever <laughs> but, you yeah, know both. Both, 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 but it makes sense because this is a this is a much more southern location with right. wetlands and those kinds of things for well, the trees the thing, to look like. So this. much moisture on the ground level, you know, that totally makes sense. That it's like, okay, well, you know, you've got that, so it's not just trying to go up towards sunlight and stuff. You, you've also got the the water everywhere, so they're probably heavier in general because the plant will have much more water in its system itself i would imagine yeah, maybe so. yeah yeah um and well the things just grow more too so i think there's probably more competition yes, they for, tend to get much larger well, yeah the abundance well, and there's of nutrients a, available right and there's a lot of different plant life that all kind of stacks on top of each other so for example if you go through a forest in northern areas there tends not to be too many uh shrubs or bushes along the underneath the trees the trees grow tall and there's a canopy usually higher up and then the mm-hmm. things on the ground don't get as much light so they don't really grow so you can walk between sure. the trees if you walk through like a wooded area here everything's just f- filled like there's the trees, but then underneath right. the trills, trees, there's bushes and all sorts of things. So there's more of a competition. There's more sunlight. There's more of a competition to grab all the sunlight that's possible. So if you yep. have something like like this tree with like a canopy of 
branches that droop down, then you're grabbing more of that sunlight, which is sure. probably an evolutionary advantage. Who yep. knew that we would be talking about the evolutionary advantages of trees when doing our Black Marsh episode? I think yeah, well, that's I it, I mean, we though. do say things tie in a lot to the actual series parallels real life in a lot of situations. So yeah. there you go. There's yeah. one. And it makes sense. Like, it would make sense that the area would look like this because this is how real world areas like this look. So, right. so there you go. Um, I think, I mean, I, I love the Argonian culture. I love what bits we've gotten from I like ESO. that they filled it out much more yeah. um, with the Elder Scrolls Online because a lot of it was kind of just, again, accounts like from other people. You didn't get to see it. A lot of it was kind of talked about, but you never experienced it in the games and stuff like that. And um, Shadowfen did it, an all right job with it, but I actually feel that Merkmire, which... I wasn't even super enthused when the Markmeyer DLC was released as several years ago now. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> I thought it would be fine or whatever. I was like, okay, yeah, sure. Fill out more of the region. And Markmeyer came out and the story uh, is kind of not so much connected to anybody else. It, it's kind of on, on its own independent thing. And um, sort of like a little Indiana Jones adventure, honestly, <laughs> as you go looking <laughs> for artifacts. However, while you're exploring in the region, I liked the fact that it filled out some of the uh, other things. Uh, the Naga, you get to like actually see them and stuff like that. They were smaller than I expected them to do. But again, it's when things are told from in the series, when they're like, oh, we were jumped by nine foot tall lizards. It's like, okay, well, was right. that because you were terrified? But it was neat because <laughs> right. one of the things that I thought was very creative about them is they're much more snake-like in appearance. Mm -hmm. they, they have a different facial structure. So I thought that was kind of cool that we got to see that in, in the series. Um, and you got to see like a lot of the camps and stuff like that. And the stories to it were were pretty cool. I liked it. Um, and the histories. You get and the histories a lot of stuff are... about the hist and and even the, the nature of like the Argonian families and raising their young and all of that stuff. There's a lot of stuff. Yes. Um, so that and, and kind of like um, on that note, we will have to do a hist tree episode at some point because we've the history kind of, of histories things. Yeah. Oh, oh. I appreciate how bad that joke was. Oh, man, that's going to be the <laughs> um, title. Yes. So, uh, yeah, absolutely. A history of histories is absolutely got to be the title of that. Um, mm -hmm. But at some mm -hmm. point, we do have to kind of probably go into one of those because those things freak me out with the series. They're very, very like not even <laughs> mysterious. There's just not a lot there. But it seems yeah. like overtly there, but it seems like their roots, not hands, uh, their roots are in like everything. Yeah. Well, yeah. And, the, and, and they're one of the most unique things the, about this fantasy world. Like we'd get other trees and other weird tree stuff in other fantasies, but the way the hist trees work and their connection to the Argonians and the fact that they may be beyond ancient. Yeah. And they have that they have like a consciousness, all of that stuff. The way it works is very unique to the Elder Scrolls. Yes, it, it is. And it's got some kind of creepy vibes to it, especially with a couple of the uh, other things spin off to like with the um, it's weird because not a lot of people have read them, but the <laughs> novels uh, mm -hmm. by Greg Keyes, the Elder Scrolls novels and and kind of a weird tie in from the novels to Skyrim uh, when when the tree, when the histories don't communicate with the rest of their trees anymore, right? They get kind of weird. So I having these like weird. Yeah. ultimate ancient sentient 
trees mm-hmm. that, he, that have their own intentionality and yes like, and nobody knows what it connection. is but they also have ties to oblivion it seems like it, yeah. it's weird it so is that weird. is a deep dive for another episode because we can really ramble on and get all speculative and freaky on that one right but, absolutely so we'll have to yeah. cover that in the future as well well lotus it's time to wrap it up you want you got good. anything else you want to share um no not really um but you know just for for the sake of uh you know we, we ended up having to delay tales just because of unfortunately the earthquakes in turkey uh have really caused some problems over there and luckily ark uh, is fine yeah but he's been trying to help people out because a lot of the city was unfortunately uh kind of sort of leveled thousands uh, of people have been reported he, missing or dead at this point yes um so it's a very bad situation over there yeah. and um i kind of didn't want to progress with an episode without him for this reason it's one thing when you're busy it's another thing when i was like you know what we'll just plan going on in advance um Mm -hmm. and if you have any interest in um getting information on it or looking to help in some way um feel free to check out the tales of tamriel twitter um if you have twitter we we've kind of posted some uh funds that or or sites that are actually going directly to helping aid the situation there if that's something of interest to you um so yeah there are organizations out there that are actively taking money in order to help with the relief effort and uh, and yes be free uh arcaneer yes yeah lives in turkey Uh, arcaneer is actually from turkey that's his home country not in the affected area but he does know people that were so and he um, yeah and he felt the earthquake too like his posts oh yeah no he he he, very disturbing play was a moderately disturbing via discord when he was just yeah i was like uh, i'm not sure what's going on it's like oh no like yeah that is that is not good yeah yeah so. and the infrastructure uh some of the buildings just have collapsed and the government has uh done a not so great job at helping the people and yeah the damage control was not ready for something of this magnitude it's, so. it's very tragic so if you'd like yeah. to help out with that please do um yeah and uh yeah so well our thoughts go out to Ark and all, yeah, all of his and friends and family and everybody that, affected so. by that. And if you're a listener from that part of the world, um, you know, I hope you're doing okay. Yeah, I was going to say, I hope you are okay as well, because we know that yeah. we're in a lot of different countries. So if uh, if you're mm-hmm. hearing us and there, uh, you know, wishing you all the best. Hopefully everything works out for you and that you're safe. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Well, um, I've got I've got my stuff, man. How do you follow up on that? I know that was a weird segue. It was just <laughs> well, it's important. It's important though. Um, sure, but these are the things that are most important in life, right? So they sure. absolutely take precedent. Um, yeah. Aside from that, if you're looking right. for other shows, robotsradio.net. More uplifting note. <laughs> on a more uplifting note, if you want to find Tales of Tamriel or links to my other shows, all of that stuff's at robotsradio.net, yeah, and all of that stuff's available. You guys know where to go for all those things. Uh, we will be back next week with another episode about a different location in Tamriel. I hope you guys have been enjoying this series and until then have a safe week. Hope nothing else terrible happens and we will see you next time. So thanks for being here, everybody. See you all later. See you later. Thanks for joining us. We'd love to hear from you. You can reach me on Twitter at robots underscore radio or Lotus of Doom at Lotus of Doom. Also, you can join us on the Robots Radio Discord channel. You can easily just search Robots Radio Discord on Google or check the description underneath the podcast. Also, this podcast is recorded live every week on Thursday nights 
9 p.m. Eastern, 6 p.m. Pacific on the Robots Radio channels on Twitch, YouTube, and on Facebook. So just search Robots Radio on any of those platforms. Come join us. We'd love to chat with you while we record the show or before or after. Either way, just come hang out with us. And if you're looking for more information about my shows and the shows on the Robots Radio Network, go to robotsradio.net for all the information about all the shows on the network, including the Robots Radio Rocket Club, where I help both new and existing podcasters to grow their shows, build their audiences, and create the best podcast they possibly can. All of that at robotsradio.net. We'll see you next time.